Listen up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Listen Up, the Louisville Urban League's radio show and podcast. I am Lyndon Pryor, your host, as well as president and CEO of the Louisville Urban League. Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can catch this show every week. We release new episodes. Find us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, rate us, review us. Let us know what you think of the show. Folks, I hope that you are well um, and that you have made it uh safely through winter storm heather i believe is the name they gave her um that blue uh zero degree temperatures in i know it was rough folks had pipes frozen and all sorts of other things but i do hope that you um have made it through into warmer days um and i just hope in general that everything is well with you here in 2024 we are almost through the first month um it feels like things are flying by and so I, I do hope that um the year's off to a good and healthy start for you um a couple of housekeeping things just to let you all know before we dig in um one you may have heard that um a couple weeks ago or last week uh former president and ceo benjamin k richmond passed away um truly a, a giant in the urban league movement but also here in louisville his funeral services will be this weekend on friday and saturday friday's um uh, viewing visitation um over at saint stephen church from 4 to 7 p.m and then um on sunday services uh, will take place starting at 11 a.m. also at St. Stephen's. Thanks to everyone who has shared their condolences through the Urban League. Um, we are doing our best to, to pass those along to the family. Um, ben was just an incredible person, um, an, an amazing human being, and, and did so much for this city. And so it was an honor for me personally to get to know him um, over the last year or so and just uh, get to know about the impact that he's had on this community. And so we're going to have a good time um, going out and celebrating his life and, and saying our goodbyes to him, but certainly keep his family in your thoughts and prayers and really the whole Urban League movement across the country. Also, um, want to let you all know that we are uh, following along all of the things in with all of the things in Frankfurt. Um, you all know we are in session. It's a long session, so 60 days. So we're about halfway through at this point. Um, lots of things to pay attention to. Um, we're doing our best to stay on top of it. Uh, last session last year, you know, they had about a hundred or a thousand bills um, that got proposed, um, considering the session will be twice as long. Um, it is quite possible that we may, between the House and Senate, get up to 2,000 proposed bills, which is a lot. Um, and there is some real foolishness in there, y'all. And so we're going to continue to keep our eye on things. Um, we have been to committee testifying um, against some bad pieces of legislation, and we're going to continue to do the same, as well as to push for some of the good stuff um, that's in there as well. But be paying attention to it. Um, you can check out certainly our social media, but the news as well. Um, call your representatives. Let them know um, what you are for and what you are against. Um, it does matter, y'all, and so that is super duper important. Um, <clears throat> 
to kick the year off, we are back up with deposit assistance. Uh, just a note on how that is working. We will open our applications for deposit assistance from the 1st to the 20th of every month. Um, from the 21st through the end of the month, we shut down the application and that just is to give us time to process everything and get caught up because we do have um, a pretty high response rate for um, a deposit assistance. So just keep that in mind. But deposit assistance is back up and going and we'll keep going until we run out of money. Um, but we're going to continue to do that work because we know so many folks need it. Also, um, this semester, we're still doing intensive tutoring, uh, free intensive tutoring for JCPS students, K through 12, as well as um, ACT prep assistance for high school students. Uh, be sure to check us out. Just visit us online, LUL.org, and you can get your child signed up today. Um, we know that that is critically important. We are trying to close this achievement gap. So please, um, you know, get your student the services that they need. And hopefully in the next few months or within the next few months or so, we're going to have some more exciting news um, about uh, intensive tutoring and trying to increase the number of ways that we can reach students and families. So be on the lookout for that. And then kind of the last bit of of news, just being on the lookout for gala information. The uh, Louisville Urban League Derby Gala is coming up in May, uh, May 1st, the Wednesday before the running of the 150th uh, Kentucky Derby. And so we're going to be um, releasing some more information on that here in the next week or so. And so just stay tuned for that. We hope to have another full house. Um, it's going to be a great, great time. So lots of things going on. Um, and so be sure to continue to check us out um, on all social media as well as our website. Um, follow us so that you can stay up to date on what's going on with the league. Now, to our guest, um, our first in-person guest of 2024. So this is super exciting. Um, we are, Sherilyn tells me we are now in season two yep. um, of, <laughs> of, of the podcast. Uh, I didn't know we were doing seasons, so this is all news to me. So awesome. Um, our first guest, season two, <laughs> um, uh, listen up, is none other than Miss Ebony O'Ray, um, longtime friend and supporter of the league, um, another homie for me, um, just somebody who is out here doing incredible work in these Louisville streets. So, Ebony, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you and congratulations, Lyndon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, yeah, we had a we had a little party on Thursday um, just to celebrate, you know, ripping the interim tag off of me. And so Ebony was there along with three, four hundred of our closest mm -hmm. friends. <laughs> it was a lot of people there. <laughs> so uh, but it was a good time. Good it time. Was. All right. So we still doing this the same way, Ebony. I don't do much in the ways of introduction. Mm -hmm. I like for folks to introduce themselves. So please give the people the quick and dirty. Uh, Ebony O'Ray, who are you? Where are you from? Um, what do you do? And how did you get to this place? Wow. Okay. So Ebony O'Ray, um, I'm a social worker. I always like to start there because that means a lot. 
um, it means a lot to me and it means a lot to the community um, that I serve. So um, I think that most folks would know me from my community organizing days with NC3, um, organized in in uh, five or six neighborhoods for years, uh, building people power and um, helping with the movement of anything that folks you know, wanted to address in their neighborhood. Um, and so since then, I have been um, consulting and supporting organizations around curriculum development, program development, uh, leadership development. And it's, uh, it's been it's been so good. So I like the behind the scenes work. If I was being honest, um, I'm an introvert and it's always uh, hard. Um, it's a hard balance. Mm. Uh, so you might have remembered me last week coming to your party like, hey, I came early <laughs> so I can say hi and congratulations and then I'm going to tiptoe out. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was, it started to swell. <laughs> it was a lot of people there. So, um, but anyway, um, because of my love for community organizing, I'm happy that um, you know my my business, making changes together, uh, will be launching an organizing institute in early spring. And so, just wanting to get back to the grassroots uh, organizing that happens here, um, and give folks some resources to be able to organize in a collaborative, community-focused way. And so um, folks can be on the lookout for that. Um, and I think when, when COVID hit, um, I started to shift my social work cares and concerns to mental health. And so happy to be in that space uh, as a certified social worker, um, supporting young minds um, as they navigate this world that we live in now. Okay. Now, you, you skipped over one. So where are you from? Oh, well, that's kind of hard. So I was <laughs> I was born here in Louisville. Okay. So I have you know I have family here. Um, my dad lives here. He's from here. Sisters and brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins. I got the whole gamut. Um, but I was raised in Michigan, mm. and so um, I went away for a while. Um, but when um, when I got to high school, my mom decided she wanted to move back to Kentucky because my mom's from Danville, Kentucky. And uh, when she decided to move back, um, we moved back to Danville uh, at the start of my high school career. Um, and so I can't play that game, that Louisville game of where'd you go high school? Um, <laughs> Uh, but I went to college here. Uh-huh. If that counts for anything, go cards. Uh, I tell people I graduated from U of L twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I got my master's in social work from Kent School. So okay. yeah, I'm kind of from here, um, but but can't play the game. You from here? It's yeah. Fine. Okay. It's thanks. Fine. Thanks. Look, I, Lyndon I, said I, I'm from here, y'all. That, that, that's right. I'm not, but I've been here long enough. So I. That's true. <laughs> I forgot so, you're not from here. That's right. Um. So, all right. So there's there's a lot in there to want to talk about. Let's start in the in this youth, and because you've done a lot of work around education, young people, and now you're focused on particularly mental health in that area. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot going on with young people, right? Like when it we is. talk about. Um, you know, obviously the things that are happening in JCPS from an academic standpoint, um, but then when we get out into community, um, the numbers, when we talk about um, 
violence, whether that's gun violence mm-hmm. or other forms of violence um, that we were seeing, we see it, you know, pretty high among our young people and have for the last several years. From your vantage point, what's happening? Our kids are bored. Mm. And um, as they are going through things, I don't think that um, parents uh, necessarily uh, got schooled in how to support their young kids who are going through things, Um, nor do I think enough of us black people um, seek out mental health resources and supports. And so I think what is happening is we're all traumatized. Uh, and we're doing the best that we can. Um, and some folks are faring better than others, but our young people are suffering the worst. Mm. So, Turn your dreams of home ownership into reality with the Center for Housing and Financial Empowerment. Our dedicated team will help you prepare your finances, boost your credit, and nurture your financial well-being. We offer informative classes to guide you through the home buying process and provide one-on-one counseling with a trusted HUD certified housing counselor. For more information, call 502-585-4622 or visit lul.org slash housing. It's, it's interesting when we talk about these violence things, and I've talked about it with, um, you know, Dr. Eddie Woods, who does No More Red Dots, mm-hmm. talked about it with Damarian Fleming over at Sowing Seeds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the narrative that we will hear in the news or from elected folks is, or even sometimes the police, you know, this, I think sometimes they try to cast the issues that we're facing in the light of what we saw, you know, in the late 80s and the 90s around like, oh, you got gang problems and all of this sort of stuff. But when we talk to those people and you talk to folks who are, who are close and who are doing the work, they don't really see it that way right like they they're like no i mean like gangs exist like i don't want anybody to get confused like it happens Mm -hmm. that exist here but that's not really the bulk of what we're seeing Mm -hmm. what we're seeing is a lot of just interpersonal problems kids who have a hard time or who have not been taught in productive ways to handle conflict right and are therefore because Kentucky is awash with guns, um, have access to these deadly weapons. But essentially they are playing out what for many of us would have been, you know, childhood or school, school time beef. Yeah. But just in very deadly ways. Mm -hmm. Would you, is that kind of a sense that you've got? Yeah. So, you know, coping skills are that, right? Mm -hmm. And like I said, some parents don't have them. So in in order to kind of model that or give your kids some good coping skills, right, you have to adopt them for yourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I think is happening is... um, yeah, they just they're turning to some impulsive behavior because, you know, one thing I know about young people, they need to be taught critical thinking skills. Right. And so to think through your emotions is 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 pretty hard, actually. Um, and, you know, when you're you're impulsive and making impulsive decisions, you know, something that could have been handled with a fight mm-hmm. now is absolutely over because you've taken someone's life and now you're going to spend, you know, if convicted, found guilty and convicted, you're going to spend most of your life behind bars, which right. is another traumatic experience. And mm-hmm. so while folks want to blame, you know, um, 
I would call what happened to, you know, uh, generations of black people. You know, those are, are all systemic forms of, you know, discrimination, oppression, um, in which is, you know, they're playing out right before our eyes. You know, you think about the drugs uh, that dropped in black communities. You think about the war on drugs that locked up a lot of uh, black people in our communities. Um, and, and now, you know, you're seeing that out poor the crying of kids who don't have role models right uh, positive uh, people in their lives that can teach them show them guide them in the direction of healthy conflict healthy uh, ways in which to resolve those conflicts and so uh, I, I definitely um, thought about that like I said when I started to transition my my career over to mental health it was certainly oh my god this is this this COVID business is getting ready to jack a lot of people up and we're only going to see uh, the crying out of people who are trying to find a way but absolutely haven't and can't unless shown so let's I mean so let's head down this road a little bit see if we can do this together in terms of helping people to connect the dots between systemic or historical racism um, kind of the the current events of things like COVID and the isolation and the things that come to the behaviors um, or actions that we then see playing out in community, whether that be gun violence or other acts um, that are taking place. And I and I, I guess I want to do this because when we think about what's happening in the legislature right now, mm -hmm. they're trying to litigate and say, you know, A, we don't need to talk about history, right? Because mm -hmm. like, essentially that's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't, we, we don't, this this whole rolling back on DEI is an, it is an attempt to, um, particularly the stuff that's happening in the educational space is an attempt to say, we don't need to talk about that. That's not an issue. It's not relevant. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. Um, and so I think that's that's kind of a huge thing that's going on. But even for the best intended folks like allies and others, or even folks who are impacted, I think sometimes there is a disconnect between like, how did this thing over here or how is this thing over here impacting my everyday? Mm. And so how do you for lay people, regular folks, how do you help them see why these other components of their lives or of the world or history are impacting or important to what's going on in their everyday right now? Mm, that's a good question, Lyndon. Wow. Um, I usually start with slavery. Well, yeah, um, yeah, we can go way back. But. Yeah, no, I, I usually do. I got to tell folks, you know, in terms of fathers not being in the home, mm -hmm. uh, fathers being uh, forced to have multiple children that mm -hmm. they're not, you know, present to, to care for in a in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that has impacted generations of people for, you know, four or five hundred years now. So, you know, what happens is you you have to ask the question how mm -hmm. and probably even better why. Um, and so if you dig deep enough, you'll be able to, to easily see, you know, um, 
you know, how certain laws um, have been oppressive to certain populations of people. And I don't think that folks really studied and they still are not studying even in the current legislation. Right. Um, the impact um, and the unintended consequences of these uh, laws that they're putting in place. And so, you know, uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of vilifying, uh, making certain people villains um, that has occurred, you know, for as long as I can remember and, and going back into my own history, because um, I didn't get it in school either. Mm -hmm. uh, going going into the history of it, you you just you can see um, how devastating this has been to uh, generations and generations and generations of, of our young people. Um, and then, you know, even this morning I was on the phone. Uh, I was on a phone call with some folks who are addressing gun violence specifically. And I had to say what I started this this podcast with, which is our young people are bored. I mean, you think about them taking away the funding for youth development. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years later, you wonder why so many young people are either dying or being um, the perpetrators of violence. Mm -hmm. And you can I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science scientists to really like see how mm. these dots do connect and mm. so um i try to walk people through the historical uh picture um but then also just bringing up the more recent you know obvious facts mm. um that are on the table um and just asking people to to think about their own child right and their own childhood mm. um in terms of you know who supported you how'd you get to where you you are you know what was your neighborhood like and so um with them being able to you know reflect on their own experiences i can easily show them and and get them to see you know exactly how this doesn't actually play out for every young person that um that we touch when your child enrolls in Kumon, they can reach math and reading mastery that will allow them to have a lifetime of advantages. Kumon is an academic achievement program, preschool through high school, the world's most successful after-school learning program. To enroll today, contact us directly at 502-552-0014. Wellington Kumon, located at 3610 Mall Road, next to Target in the Newburgh area. And do you find that, you know, particularly the folks you work with, are are they able to see the, I guess, the communal connections in this? Because that is something that I feel that we have, that America is, is almost successfully, not quite, but they've tried really hard and they're being quite successful in kind of forcing us out of what has historically been our saving grace as a community, which is this understanding that we are a community, mm -hmm. right? Like, and that we're not necessarily a whole bunch of individuals operating, but you know, that we have survived as long as we have survived because we were able to do it collectively. Right. Um, and I wonder for those you work with directly, how often is that a barrier that they can't see or don't see the connections communally beyond kind of their own individual experiences. Yeah, um, it 
it is a barrier. Um, and it's one that I hope to address in terms of helping folks learn how organizing, you know, can work. Um, you know, uh, community organizing is about connecting people to people and people to resources that are going to help them and their lives be better. Um, but I think that we've been in a period not due to COVID, but we've gone through periods of isolation or how taboo it is to run till that or, you know, have somebody in our business, which, you know, is a downplay on what mental health, you know, um, practitioners experience in terms of, ooh, don't, you know, don't go tell our business or what happens in the house stays in the house mm -hmm. and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's the mindset, right? We have to, I think, be a little bit more illustrative of how important, you know, connecting, connections, um, how important they are. Um, you know, and the other thing I'll add to that is, uh, you know, linking arms with community organized organizations that are doing good work um, and getting your young people or yourself, right, like plugged in. Uh, find out who's doing what. Uh, ask yourself what it is that you need to get to that next step and, you know, connect to that organization because they're they're hundred probably nine times out of ten there is an organization like the louisville urban league mm -hmm. <laughs> that provides a lot of resources that folks uh could benefit from and so you know the the communal piece of course uh can also date back to uh our history right mm -hmm. uh we wouldn't be where who we are and, and what we are without our village mm -hmm. um and i can talk to i'm blue in the face about how dope my village is and how well connected my kids are and how much better off they are and how how much better off we are uh, because of the network that I have uh, surrounding me. I made a post uh, the other day uh, just about my circle, my small circle and my big circle. Um, and uh, I've noticed this though over, over, over 10 years, right? Just seeing how hard it is for folks to realize that everybody needs somebody yeah yeah and so and and asking for help does not mean that you're weak or inadequate mm -hmm. um it actually means that you you figured some stuff out and yeah. you smart and, yeah. and you don't have to know everything but knowing somebody sometimes is yeah. that much more important um so i always say it's not it's not always what you know it is sometimes who you know so yeah. get connected for real for real yeah self-awareness is a superpower <laughs> Right, like, I mean, if you understand mm -hmm. who you are, that also means you are going to understand some of your shortcomings and some Absolutely. of your gaps, which means you know, hey, I need some help Absolutely. in a certain plot, right? Like, and so I, I definitely believe that self awareness is a superpower mm -hmm. that we all need to 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 figure out and harness. Um, <clears throat> as a good you know, segue into organizing and the organizing work that you're doing. Um, you mentioned NC3. And so yes. NC3 is somewhat of, of a legendary thing in this community. When I when I moved here eight years, or I guess a little over eight years ago now, um, it was one of the first things that I ever uh, was told about. And, and it was at that time, I guess, kind of, sunsetting yes. um, but I did 
get to to meet and engage with Jenny Jean and, and Dana. Yes. Um, who at some point we're gonna have on the pod. Good. To, to be able good. To do, um, a full rundown, but. Talk to the people for the folks who don't know the yeah. initiated. Uh, what was NC3 and what did it mean for you? Oh um, my gosh. As a, as a budding organizer. So, um, first and foremost, shout out to all my power members. Um, and anyone who ever uh, stepped foot in NC3 or space where NC3 was operating um, from. And yes, you mentioned um, the infamous Dana Jackson um, and Jenny Jean Davidson, who's now running Neighborhood House. Mm -hmm. uh, I would be uh, missed if I didn't also mention Anthony Smith, uh, who runs Cities United now. Um, and so these are, you know, the dopest people um, in terms of organizing um, that I get to, I still get to sit under um, and see it all play out. Um, but NC3, um, we are uh, actually coming up on the 10 year anniversary of the sunset. And oh. so um, we're planning a, a little reunion. And so I'm super excited about that. Um, it's always good to be in space with anyone who um, was baptized um, in that um you know, during that period of time um, in our organizing principles and tools. And so that is what the Organizing Institute will be um, grounded in is all the tools that I know have helped hundreds and hundreds of people right here in Louisville. So NC3, um, nonprofit, uh, we were organizing in five communities um, in Louisville, um, and it was all focused on what what folks wanted to see change about their communities. And so um, we would hold a monthly network night and it would be attended by hundreds of people. We rotated the neighborhoods that we were in. Uh, we trained people uh, in our organizing tools and principles. Um, and so they became power members. And so there's hundreds of power members throughout the city. Um, and so, uh, you know, we flex a little differently, right? Um, we are intentional, I would say. Um, we operate uh, in the spirit of reciprocity, uh, which means that Everyone has something to give. Um, we never uh, assumed that uh, just because you were coming uh, from one of the poor zip codes that you didn't have something to offer to the space. Um, and everybody always uh, proved us right. Um, and so, you know, we celebrated uh, folks and what they have going on in their lives, whether it's a new job, a new grandchild. Um, and we did the work. And so whether that was going up to Frankfurt and advocating for former felons uh, right to vote, um, you know, uh, making sure that education was always, uh, you know, the spotlight of what our young people need um, or, like I said, linking arms with other organizations to make sure that uh, not only do they get what they need, um, but their families are good uh, as well. And so it was just, um, I don't know thousands of good-hearted uh, people who understand that civic engagement is really important um, and community connections are, are just as important and um, that 
uh, we can create change. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can certainly create the change that we want to see, um, but we definitely have to play chess. Um, we got to do some power mapping. We got to, you know, um, get out, meet and greet, figure out who's making these decisions for what, for why, mm-hmm. <laughs> for who, um, and, and be ready to stand together. And I think that that's the part that's been missing, um, the standing together part, um, you know, because that's, that's how you show up in numbers. Uh, we have this thing called the power of we. And uh, while you are great and all the things that you could do all by yourself, I don't discount that. Just know that, you know, times that by 10 or 20 and imagine the impact that we can have uh, when we come together. So power we. So what then, given that history and what NC3 was and what it admits to so many people, I wonder as you, you know, start to build again in that space what should organizing look like in 2024 for Louisville Mm. wow Um, organizing for Louisville in 2024 uh, showing up Mm -hmm. Uh, I get tickled by couch critics <laughs> um, always, you know, got something to say, but ain't doing nothing. They making a lot of noise, but right there from their couch. Um, but also, I would say showing up. You know, uh, step outside yourself. I step outside of myself regularly because, like I said, I'm an introvert. But you know, when it's important, uh, you you set all that aside and you show up for people. Um, who are important to you. You show up for causes that mean something to you. Um, and the, the best part about organizing in Louisville is relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're grounded in organizing, um, you know, through our relationships um, because we understand that, you know, I, I, one, I can't show up for everything, but I'm gonna show up for you, mm-hmm. right? And that, I mean, that was indicative of last week. You know, I'm an introvert and didn't want to be around 300, 400 people. (laughs) But I care about you, Lyndon, and I know you, and Mm -hmm. I know how hard you've been working, and I wanted to make sure that you saw me, Mm -hmm. right? And so me showing up was not about me at all. And I think that that's where Louisville has to get to. Like, everything is not about you and only you. Mm -hmm. It's about the people that you're going to impact through the change that you're trying to make. Um, And I think that we can certainly make more change. We can make better change when we come together, have a conversation um, and link arms, Uh, link arms, even if you disagree. Um, And I think that that's another point I would like to make about organizing in Louisville. You know, it's a lot of folks that I don't necessarily agree with. (laughs) Right. But depending on, you know, the mission, depending on the potential impact, I'm still willing to have a conversation with you. I'm still willing to figure out, well, if not this way, what way can we go where we're going to agree and make some some change happen? Um, People get in their feelings a little too easily. Mm -hmm. um, And and I have to remind folks, you know, okay, but you mad? You big mad? Mm -hmm. Might be big mad right now. Right. But let's play this out, you know, let's have another conversation later. Uh, Let's figure out if this is important to you and important to me. We might not agree on this one thing, but what can we agree on? You know, it goes back to how we started this conversation. Mm -hmm. Easy, like ways in which you resolve or manage through conflict, Mm because conflict going to come. It's it's not, you know, it's not nothing you could just run away from. Right. 
because then the end result of running away from conflict is you get impulsive and you do something dumb. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yes, being able to sit down, uh, you know, agree to disagree, mm-hmm. um, but stay focused on uh, the mission, uh, the vision, um, and the and the impact that we're all trying to make, which is to make Louisville a better place. Louisville Urban League's Kentuckiana Bills program is your introduction to the skills trades that lead to careers in construction, plumbing, electrical, carpentry, and HVAC. This six-week hands-on and technical education program provides training for job seekers to earn three national credentials, JCTC credit, all while connecting employers with a qualified, skilled workforce. This innovative partnership is funded by Kentuckiana Works and the Kentucky Education and Workforce Development Cabinet. For more information, visit lul.org backslash jobs. And how, I mean, so I think as you are teaching organizing, right, like you're going to create an organizing institute, how, how do you get people to set that stuff aside? I mean, like in very real terms, because I mean, we obviously we see it in at the league. I know you've seen it in all sorts of different spaces is getting people to be able to focus on whatever the big picture is for that day right like because there are a lot of big pictures like there are a whole lot of things that we got to solve there are a whole mm-hmm. lot of problems right like and i don't want to discount any of that we got to get to all of them but mm-hmm. we can only we got to take one 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 meeting at a time we yeah. can't we can't boil the ocean yeah. um in every meeting so how do you and i guess this is you know you putting on your mental health hat is like how do you help people not just come to the table that day but i think in organizing they got to stay at the table, right? Like, because yeah. it don't do us no good oh, goodness, for, you, for you to be there and then walk away. Yeah. Like, how do you get people to show up to the table, but then to be willing to stay at the table until the job gets done? Yeah. And thank you. Thank you for bringing that up because, you know, organizing is not, you know, it's not a, a, a one-time fixed situation, yeah. right? Like, organizing is continuous. And I know Louisville got ADHD, um, but you got to stay focused yeah that's part of it staying focused on what it is that you came to the table for Mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day um how i'm able to work with people and get folks to kind of keep at it is i keep reminding them of the results that we're after Mm -hmm. right you gotta stay focused on not just the mission the vision the values all that's cute but what are the results that we're after Mm -hmm. you know and being realistic in terms of when will we see those results Mm -hmm. and if we're honest with ourselves we know it might be six months a year Mm -hmm. five years you know and so you have to constantly ask yourself you know how committed am I to this, to mm-hmm. this work? And I think that that boils down to people's personal missions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, the mission of the Urban League is, you know, um, but how do you see yourself being able to land to that mission and support that mission? Mm-hmm. It's crazy how folks like work for nonprofits, don't know the mission. Yeah. Uh, show up and want to meet with these nonprofits and missions don't align. Right. you like, I'm still trying to figure it out, but um, <laughs> but it's it's crazy because I'm like, but that's the the whole point of a nonprofit uh, people serving organization is that there's a mission mm. and there's some values, right. and so I think once we unpack those and we can understand those, and you know, either at the first meeting and then. Pr- 
probably uh, often you revisit those mm-hmm. um, and keep folks grounded in their why right. um, so that we can get to the what. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because one of the things I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for folks who are like, look, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And this is and this is how we do it. Right. I mean, like and that that is OK, because let me tell you, Mission Creep, Scope Creep is is the thing. And mm-hmm. it would kill an organization because every day you're picking up there's some new mantle for everybody to pick up and, yeah. it, and it is very hard to stay on top of all of those and i'm speaking about from from the vantage point of an organization that got a whole bunch of irons and a whole bunch of different fires <laughs> yes um and so it is a thing that we are we are constantly trying to stay on top of here um but it's difficult because because yeah there's there are a lot of problems to solve but we do have to focus our attention yeah you know on the things that we you know are, are most passionate about or that are most urgent or whatever it is however yeah. you decide to prioritize those things and so um that's important because i mean i just I, I one of the things i say you know and would love you know your perspective on this i say all the time like louisville of the places that i'm aware of places that i've lived in worked in affiliated with you know Louisville is both the closest and the furthest away to getting mm-hmm. it right. Mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think, and I and I say that because I think people need to understand that Louisville can actually get this done. Louisville has, and by this I mean, become a more a, a truly equitable place for all people, mm-hmm. um, no matter your socioeconomic status, race, gender, um, sexual orientation, whatever. Like Louisville can be that place. I truly, I believe, truly that, believe too. that. Like I think we have really everything, just about everything that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're lacking is not resources it is not information what we are lacking is kind of what we talk about organizing some backbones some, some, <laughs> and some consistency some consistency all of those sorts of things um and so when i think about it from that standpoint um you know i'm always um you know since i've been here and since i've been at the urban league i'm always trying to figure out like all right how do we get to that place, right? Like, how do we get to a place where there is strong leadership, strong, consistent leadership towards that goal? Because we will see it in spots, right? Like, mm-hmm. 2020 was a great example, right? Like, mm-hmm. George Floyd got killed, Brianna got killed, um, David McAtee got killed, and, and we had for a window for mm-hmm. a brief moment mm-hmm. it was folks standing up saying the right things right. even some of them doing the right things a whole lot of saying not a whole lot of doing but mm-hmm. there, there was some right, right, there, right. Was, yeah. there was some doing that was happening and then you know you get a year later two years later ADHD yeah and folks is folks is falling and so I, I, I am if I could figure out and I wonder if you've thought about like how do we get folks not just community folks, but also those folks in positions of power and privilege, right? Mm-hmm. How do we get them to, to stick to it? How do we support them, help them? And I guess I'm part of the them now as well. But um, <laughs> that, that to me seems to be the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? 
It is. Um, and so um, I'm channeling my, my good friend, sister Dana Jackson, who is a Casey uh, fellow um, and, and does work across the country. Um, and probably the last five years or so has uh, modeled for me um, and tried to to teach me results based accountability. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is the, the, the framework by which I think every thought leader, um, every organizer, um, every person who works for a nonprofit, right, um, can really begin to understand uh, that the results that we're after, um, there's there's things that we can pay attention to, um, things that we need to absolutely focus on, um, and a plan that could be made where um, where we're holding each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that takes time. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, <laughs> people are busy or mm-hmm. attention deficits are a whole thing of the now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I would beg to say that if we made time to make it make sense, mm-hmm. um, then you get folks who are committed to doing their part. And so results-based accountability really does, it kind of shares the accountability for the results that we're after Mm -hmm. um, in a way that is like, you do that very well, keep doing that, and let's track, you know, these metrics Mm -hmm. to be able to tell the whole story of the impact that we're all trying to make. Mm -hmm. And um, it is, uh, I would say, kind of like a... So a data nerd would love this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that those who can get behind uh, the hearts that make up the number, right, in our data, uh, then it means something to us, too. Um, And so if we know that for the next three years we're going to track, you know, these things to be able to say that we're making change based on these inputs, um, then I think that folks could lean in a little bit harder um, and pay attention a little bit closer to some very specific uh, indicators uh, of change that we're trying to track. not like I said, it's 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 uh it's I'm a geek. I I love it. Um, <laughs> just being able to see um how things can come together yeah. in a very uh, intentional way mm-hmm. um, for us to end up with the results that we're after. Because I think that what what tends to happen is, like I said, we get bored, uh, something else happens, and we're super passionate about that. So we run to that. We run out of time. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough time. Um, and we're not uh, consistent in the work Um and then I would also say, you know, sometimes when transition and change happens, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff falls through the cracks. Um, but with results-based accountability, I could see that as being like, you know, how your strategic plan should be your Bible. Mm-hmm. Like the results-based accountability should be your Bible, too, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of being able to guide you, um, keep you focused, you know, help you in areas that, you know, you may not be strong in, but there's another accountability partner involved that is absolutely bringing bringing the thunder yeah. around some stuff that you you ain't got nothing but a clap for so That's right. anyway okay
Are you interested in receiving the COVID-19 vaccine but worried about the cost? Through the CDC's Bridge Access Program, you can get the updated COVID-19 vaccine for free, regardless of your insurance status. Simply visit CVS, Walgreens, Echo North Network Pharmacies, or HRSA-supported health centers. It's easy, accessible, and free. To find a provider, visit vaccines.gov and scroll down to the Bridge Access Program. That's vaccines.gov. This message is brought to you in partnership with the CDC and the National Urban League. So, uh, before we get out of here, a couple of things. One, what else you got going on? How can people connect? Um, what other things do you want for people to know about? Oh, um, so um, as I transitioned into mental health, I had this cool opportunity to kind of pilot uh, a peer mentoring program. It's a therapeutic approach. It's cognitive-based uh, therapy um, coupled with peer mentoring. Um, and so I got to pilot this at uh, Parkland Boys and Girls Club. Okay. And uh, shortly thereafter, we moved to Newburgh Boys and Girls Club. And now we're at all four Boys and Girls Clubs uh, in the city. And so... Um, you know, this is a non-traditional approach to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited about the potential impact that it could have on our young people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we think about coping skills and being able to expose young people to community connections and experiences that will support them in their life challenges. Um, we do boxing. So mm. we take them boxing. Um, they uh, are able to, you know, kind of think about anger management and attention deficits in a different kind of way because boxing is, is first of all, we in, we in we in Louisville, Kentucky, right? right? Home of <laughs> Muhammad Ali. And we should certainly be utilizing boxing for more than just, you know, the the cool uh, museum down on 6th Street. Right. Um, or the airport. Um, but anyway, um, utilizing boxing as a way to kind of help kids learn gain coping skills uh, is is dope. Um, cooking as a way to kind of build self-confidence and oh. give life skills and development for young people. And then, of course, academic support. Mm-hmm. Um, because when, you know, when you're suffering academically, you tend to do all kinds of other stuff. Right. And we understand that. And so we want to make sure our young people are reading and, um, you know, able to navigate uh, their academics um, in a way that makes sense to them. Um, And so anyway, this cool uh, mental health approach uh, to youth and adolescents who might be suffering ADHD or that maybe they even have an IEP at school, um, um, we're able to support them uh, at the Boys and Girls Clubs. And so for those who uh, would love to get their young people connected to some non-traditional mental health supports, um, please visit any one of the four Boys and Girls Clubs in Louisville um, and tell them that you heard about uh, the game. So game stands for gaining appropriate mentor experiences. And so we are mentoring young people through, like I said, life using some non-traditional therapeutic approaches um, to be able to to have them think um, and to have them act. Um, And so it's all about, you know, your mind, your body, how it plays uh, together. And uh, we just want to make sure that our young people have options um, and they get to explore these options. Um, We also give them experiences that they might not otherwise have. Mm -hmm. So we take them um, spring break. We take them to Gatlinburg. Mm. Um, And, you know, we putting them in different situations. They do service projects and 
anyway, that's the thing that I would love for people to know uh, that is happening. Uh, that is with Define You Counseling Services. Uh, we um, are having the game program at Parkland, Shawnee, Newburgh, and California Boys and Girls Club. So if one of those things are in your areas, please stop by mm -hmm. so that you could get signed up. Mm -hmm. Right. That sounds dope. Um, definitely check it out. Shout out to Daryl Unsell. Yes. Um, over at the Boys and Girls Club for, for making this stuff happen. Thank you, Daryl. Um, yeah. Um, and then, so lastly, before we go, um, I'll ask you the question I ask everybody. Okay. Which is, what is your hope for Louisville? Ooh. Um, dang, so many. Um... I just want, I want folks to have what they need um, or to know where to go to get it. That's it. Um, I want us to communicate more. Um, I want us to uh, help help our neighbors more. Um, and just keep, keep showing up for our young people. Oh my gosh, my heart goes out to all the young people who are suffering in silence um, and don't think their parents uh, have what they need to help them get through what they're going through. Um, but I definitely want, I want everyone, everyone to have what they need. And that includes food, right? Yeah. Food, place to sleep, right. uh, you know, $2 in their pocket, you know, a friend to call on when they going through something. Like, I want us to have what we what we need and, 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 and to know where to go to get it. Well, sis, thank you, Ebony, for, for being here, for joining us. And, uh, you know, I'll just say again, thank you for among the the first folks that I encountered when I got to Louisville years ago um, and have always just been so impressed with the way in which um, you you hold it down for this community. Um, Thank you. For, I mean, for the young and the old folks. Yeah, like, <laughs> I always, do it all. <laughs> I love everybody. Like, exactly. <laughs> and you always show up um, and always with, with, with something to give, something to add. Just so much better for your presence here. Oh, thanks, so, Linda. Thank you um, for just all your support. Obviously, me personally, but for the Absolutely. league and for the work. Um, and we're gonna get there. We're gonna we, we gonna are. do this. It is. I mean, I, I continue to tell people that that it can, it happen, can happen and it will happen. Yeah. Um, we ain't gotta wait forever. I don't believe that we gotta wait till the great by and by nope. to get free. No, nope. change, change <laughs> like, happens today, like can, change starts uh, now. Yes, it can happen right now. Yep. So uh, thank you for joining us. And ladies and gentlemen, that is Listen Up, the Louisville Urban League's radio show and podcast. I am the prior president and CEO of the Louisville Urban League and your host. Thank you for joining us again every week. We release a new episode. Be sure to find us everywhere you find your favorite podcast. Um, like, subscribe, rate us, review us. Let us know what you think of the show. Um, be sure to take care of yourselves this week, Louisville. Um, there's a lot going on, but um, it's a new year and it's an opportunity to do some new things um, and for us to be a new place for everybody. So we will check y'all out next week. Y'all be safe. Peace.
Urban League wants to make sure that every student thrives academically. And to make that possible, the league is offering free intensive tutoring to JCPS students who qualify. Kindergarten through 12th grade students can receive expert help in reading, math, and ACT prep. Kids like me deserve every opportunity to succeed and to reach our greatest potential. Sign your student up today. To learn more, visit lul.org or call 502-585-4622.